Greetings, everybody, and welcome for the return of the Midweek War. Apologies for the last couple of weeks, everyone. Um, working at a toy store and Thanksgiving does not for a good podcast make on Thursday nights. But we have come back in a big, bad way, ladies and gentlemen. We are here to talk Lucha Underground. We are here to talk a fuck ton of Lucha Underground. And with me is very special guest, executive producer of Lucha Underground, Eric Van Wagnon. How you doing, sir? I am great. Um, I would like to do my best Antonio Garza impression and say welcome to La Guerra de Mediano Sistemana. <laughs> Excellent. I'm sure I Antonio got Garza. that right. I'm sure Antonio Garza will appreciate that. You do okay. it a heck of a lot better than any I'm of us. I'm kind of sad he's not here, actually. I, I, I'm, I'm a Antonio Garza mark. <laughs> well, I will be sure to let him know. He is on assignment. Okay. Doing something. I'm Basically, we have him skulking around Boyle Heights to try and figure out what's going on. <laughs> he can just come in. I'll, we'll let him in anytime he wants to show up. Well, I mean, there is an open door policy at the temple. Yes. We, we, we all know this. All are welcome. <laughs> all right. So, um... I figure since we've been away the past couple weeks, we should start with Aztec Warfare because holy fuck, Aztec Warfare. <laughs> um, yeah. Always at, a good show. Oh, it was amazing. Like, you guys do the Royal Rumble right. You really do. Like, it, it's the brainchild of Chris uh, DeJoseph and uh, Chris Roach. You know, they, they had that concept done, I think. They always joke that they had Aztec Warfare mapped out four years before I ever called them to work on Lucha Underground. Wow. Yeah, they they sit around and talk about what would make an awesome wrestling match just for fun. So uh, (laughs) they they had a lot of ideas locked and loaded and ready to go once they got the gig. All righty. Yeah, I I thought Aztec Warfare was great, especially starting Matanza at number one. And I'm not going to lie, I kind of called what would happen. Really? I kind of called it. I, I was watching. I'm like, Matanza's going to go out kind of early. I thought it would be a, a multitude of people taking him out, though. I didn't think it'd, just, it'd be just Ray. That was really surprising. But there was, they, like, everyone got, they, they got their finishers in. It was a build. It was yeah. a build. Yeah, so, I, assu- I assumed it was going to be, like, everyone gang-piling on, like everyone used to do with the big show in Survivor Series. <laughs> did you think Ray would be the, 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 put the final finish on him, or did you think that would come from someone else? I thought... There was a, there were a few people in my head. Ray was one of them. Azteca was another because um, I didn't know if he was in the match or not. But I Ray seemed like the easiest person to do it, especially given Dario's and, interesting and, history of play. And uh, Matanza ruined Ray's debut in Lucha Underground. So oh it, wow, I didn't even that. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, Ray, and it Ray's, was an Aztec Warfare. It was an Aztec Warfare too. It was Ray's first match in the Temple. And uh, uh, he was taken out by Matanza. So, you know, we believe in justice, even if it takes a full calendar year to make that happen. <laughs> well, that that's great. I didn't I didn't even pick up on that at that point. But that that's why we have you here for this insight that I missed because I'm right, so blinded by <laughs> oh look, flying ninja women. <laughs> I know. I thought that's we were going to spend the whole time talking about that. I was so amped and ready. But yeah, let's go back and talk about. Oh uh, well, the, the Black Lotus Tribe debuting. Wow. <laughs> Yeah. Definitely, definitely. That was something out of a Tarantino flick. Like, there, like yeah. Pentagon's just in there, and then he's surrounded. It was. I thought it was the Deadly Viper assassination squad. I really did. With no warning, really. I mean, you know, it kind of came out of nowhere. Um, you know, we shot Aztec Warfare on Saturday, and then we shot um, the Gauntlet match on Sunday. So if you came to the temple on that weekend, boy, you got a good draw because you got Aztec Warfare on Saturday, then you got the, the Johnny and Sexy Star match on, uh, I think, that might have happened Saturday afternoon or first thing Sunday, and then you got the um, the gauntlet match at the end on sun- on Sunday. So it was that was, that weekend was crazy. Yeah, it damn, was that's, that's a really good weekend of shows. Uh, and I thought it was kind of funny how um, it seemed like. I mean, this is this week's episode, but it seemed like the uh, believers didn't know the names of the Black Lotus Triad, so they just started chanting Black Lotus Triad. <laughs> I know. God bless them. They try hard, don't they? It's great. Yeah, we knew, there was no way for anyone to really know who they were because they hadn't been introduced individually yet. And so until Stry- unless you heard Stryker saying it, there's kind of no way to know. But, um, th- I mean, they, 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 they were so cool. It would, you know, that was um, the whole origin of getting them involved with Lucha Underground kind of goes back 
to be sort of between season one and season two. Um, you know, we'd kind of put the word out that we were looking for more females to, to sort of round out the roster. And uh, we had signed uh, Melissa Anderson, cheerleader Melissa, or um, uh, Mary Posa, and she works with the Stardom group. Uh, and I think it was like, I think it was uh, October. It was probably right around a year ago. Um, we were, she called us and then Marty Elias called and said, Hey, there's a stardom show coming to town. And it was in some, uh, it was like in Hawaiian gardens in LA, which is kind of like, uh, in the middle of nowhere. And, um, they sort of let us know that there was this show and there was a lot of female talent that was working that show and that we should come out and see it. And so, uh, Chris Joseph went out on, I think the Saturday show and, uh, he called me Sunday morning and he said, I don't know what you're doing today, but there's a Sunday show. You need to go out there, meet Marty Elias out there. Um, I just saw the greatest female wrestler I've ever seen. And he was like, and it was, uh, it was Io Shirai. And he said, he goes, just top to bottom. There's so much talent on this stardom show. You need to go see it. So I sort of canceled my plans, drove out to, uh, <laughs> to Hawaiian gardens or it was Huntington gardens or some, I don't know, somewhere out in the middle of nowhere. And uh, drove out there and sat with Marty, and we watched um, the entire Stardom show. And there was like, I mean, it was stacked. There was a lot of really talented women on that. And I just remember just passing out business cards like crazy. And then uh, I, I, I saw EO, Mayu, and Kyrie uh, do their thing. And then somebody introduced me to them, the president or the owner of Stardom, this Mr. Ogawa. We had a nice conversation, and we just said, look, if there's any way we can line up so that they can come to Lucha Underground, we would happily accept them. And it, it worked, you know, these girls work like crazy in Japan. They're booked like every weekend all over Japan. They, they, they work an insane amount. And it turned out that they said they were doing a, um, a show in Vegas in April and they were coming to do, I think the show, Vegas show was like Tuesday, Wednesday. And I said, look, if there's any way you could come out the weekend before we'll, we'll shoot a weekend there and we'll, get as much out of them as we possibly can. And so that's kind of how this whole thing came out. It took a, it was a long negotiation, but um, you know, we had Ray Mysterio there. They three walk in and like raise the first person they see and they completely start marking out and taking pictures. <laughs> and they're, they're, they're like uh, complete turned into complete fangirls there for a second. And so once they showed up and got, got the vibe and understood what was going on, they were so happy. And then we just kept trying to get them to keep, stay quiet because we didn't want it to get out that, that they were at the temple. Um, but, uh, you know, they, they started posting pictures in L.A. and, and, and you know, uh, of L.A. restaurants and, you know, <laughs> doing, doing some funny Japanese girls things, you know, going to bakeries and taking pictures of cookies and stuff like that. Of course, like, yeah. In a matter of moments, everybody knew. And so, so there was definitely a buzz in the temple. Um, a lot of people knew that they were going to be there and they were very excited, but they didn't know we'd given them names and what the angle was. And this was in April and I think season two had just barely started, started airing. So nobody knew anything about any of this. So it was a complete surprise, but you know, that's typical Lucha Underground fans. They just kind of, they, they play along, you know, and they, they got into it. That's one of my favorite things about Lucha. Like the fans, like, cause people who know, like the fans have no idea what these stories are. They're yeah. just watching the matches and they're like the stories are being told in the ring for the most part, I'd say. Yeah. And you can kind of get what's going on. Like if you're watching that gauntlet match, you're like, oh, Pentagon fucked up at some point. <laughs> like, I don't know what he did, but he fucked up. <laughs> yeah. You can't really like there's nothing to really spoil in a weird sort of way because you don't know the vignettes that are happening around the edges. So even if you think, you know, it, there's a tune in factor where you're like, I want to see if I guessed right. Or, or let's see how they made sense with uh, of of that match and and why that match was even made. So you know, yeah, spoilers always get out, and we don't we don't like it when they get out, but it's inevitable. It's wrestling; you can't expect it. You know, it, it's going to happen, and so we just try to keep enough of the story, you know, um, to ourselves and kind of contained in our little universe to know that it's not going to ruin the shows for people if they know what the matchups are. Yeah, and Plus, we shot a lot of stuff out of order. We got to season three. We have like, and there were some matches that were, you know, eight, nine, ten months in advance. We could, you know, we had a couple of instances where someone was hurt, and we couldn't really. We knew we needed a match in show seven, but we waited until we were shooting show fifteen, 
because we let them heal and then we just dropped it into show seven. So uh, our, we, we completely confuse our fans on a regular basis, but you know, 50% of them are so high when they get in there anyway that they don't really notice. <laughs> yeah, I know uh, when our buddy uh, Sorg was out there, Sorg yeah. and Alex Cars, they still haven't told me what matches they've seen because they don't know when it is in the season. <laughs> you know, I, when I get I get a show every week to watch, you know, like a first cut, and I've completely forgotten it. I've completely forgotten which match happened when, and I kind of, oh, okay, you know. And so it's all in a weird sort of way. It's really new for all of us too, because you know these matches that we're seeing that are on the air now were shot in April, so um, we've seen a lot of stuff since then. So it, it's hard to confuse, you know, where we are story wise, but also you know when it took place in the shooting and where we are in the finishing process versus where we are in the airing process. So we're all a little confused when, when we watch Luch Underground, but somehow it kind of all makes sense. Oh, yeah. No, it definitely, it definitely comes together. Like The post-production you guys do with all the vignettes and everything is always just so much fun. It's one of my favorite things about Lutra. And I, and I think it's, um, you know, that's how we like to sort of say our creative differences is that you know we embrace the post production process and you know do you give up something by not being live of course you do you know so you have to turn that negative into a positive and you have to make the editing and the finishing and the polish and the color correction and the music editing and all the 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 tricks that a live show can't do we have to make that our strongest suit you know we have to kick every show's ass so bad with the editing and the post production and the finishing and the special effects and the sound design and all that other stuff that we take a negative and turn it into a positive. And, and I think that that's sort of been um, our motivation in, in how we do the show. And we treat it more like a TV show than a live event. Yeah, because like uh, in this past week, they had the, you guys had the segment with Matanza punching the wall. Yeah, that was like, cool, right? That was amazing. But like if that was done for a live crowd, it might come <laughs> off kind of corny. Totally. But you get to put the right lighting on it, you get to put the yeah. right, like, and was that, first, was that the first time we've heard Matanza speak? I think he said, what did he say, like, war? He, he, he might have said war once, but, like, yeah, like, okay. but Yeah, that was the first time he said anything. And, of course, you know, when we're in the mix for that, you know, we take it and we, you know, uh, uh, Jeff Cobb doesn't have, like, this deep, booming, animalistic voice. He just sounds <laughs> like any one of us, you know. But so we take it and we drop in all the bass and we we, we, we lower the pitch and we – you know, echo it. We do all the post-production tricks that make it feel like a movie and less like a, a live event. Yeah, because like what? When he just, because I remember seeing that image in the teaser for season three and I'm like, yeah. why are his hands bloody in <laughs> inside the cage? Like, did Dario throw? I thought for sure Dario had thrown like um raw meat. Or no, no, um Masquerita Sagrada in there to no, chew no, him. Not Masquerita. Not. I was thinking. Fuck. What's his name? Um, Ricky Reyes. Uh, oh Cortez. yeah, yeah, yeah. Cortez. Oh, I, I thought he had yeah. thrown Cortez in there. That would have been a good guess. <laughs> like sure. when he found out, like Cortez, you like you did this <laughs> here. I know it was you. Now you Cortez. have a new roommate. <laughs> <laughs> The gimp, bring out the gimp. Yeah, I mean, and you know, wasn't too far off because he did feed Cortez to Matanza. So, that's true. yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Or Cisco, Cisco got fed to him. Yeah, well, so, no, yeah. but he fed he fed uh, Cortez to him in the ring. Oh yeah, that's when right. It was, yeah. When it was Dario's choice, and and, and Pentagon. Yeah, poor poor Cortez Castro. <laughs> but uh, all right, so Aztec Warfare, we got sexy star as the champion. How amazing was that in the temple to like hear the reaction of that? It, it was it was big, you know. It was one of those things that, you know, look, y- you know what you're getting into when you um, w- when you're shooting it. And it's sort of those things where it's like, well, this is um, something that we know people will be mad about, and we know some people will love it. And then we knew that she was only keeping it for a week. And we go, then the people that loved it in week one are going to be mad about it in week two. <laughs> and <laughs> maybe the people that hated it in week one will be happy in week two. I, I don't really know. I mean, you know, w- we knew it was a bold thing. And, and you know, we, we're, we've sort of resigned ourselves to the fact that, you know, don't ever play it safe. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the marching orders that we got from Robert Rodriguez, uh, and skip, you know, skip, and all the people that associate with, you know, that are from the LA side. Look, we don't want you, 
you don't want you just replicating any other show. We want you being different. We want you taking risks. We want you trying new things. We want you doing the things that are going to be, you know, sometimes controversial and sometimes, you know, hated and sometimes beloved. And so, you know, that's kind of our attitude is that, you know, as long as we're, as long as we're, you know, trying to do things that make sense, even if they're not, uh, even if they're not, you know, we know they're going to be controversial, we're still going to, we're going to try it. We're going to try it in the best possible way. We're going to try to do it in the most convincing way. Um, but I don't think any of us thought that, oh my God, uh, 100% of the wrestling community is going to line up and pat us on the back. I don't think any of us thought that. I think we all said, hey, look, this is a bold choice and, and uh, um, it, it, it may get over, it may not, but you know, why not swing big? So that's what we did. Well, I mean, uh, I know from our end on the Mayhem show, we all love Sexy Star, and that moment was amazing. It was a really cool moment. Uh, you know, there were there were people who were genuinely like so shocked that that it went that way that they were, you know, they couldn't believe it. You know, there were it was like people in tears. It was kind of like, uh, um, you know, there's been a few times where you I've seen people in the audience like tearing up. You know, Rey Mysterio showing up um, that had a lot of some of the older Lucha Libre fans absolutely in tears, you know, in, in the audience. Um, there were some moments with Alberto Patron. There was uh, when the trios, uh, first trios um, tournament. I, I know, I know I teared up watching that episode. There were people in the audience yeah. who did too. They just couldn't believe it. And, uh, you know, you know, the, you know, the, the temple is an easy read, you know, when you're sitting there and, and there's, you know, matches that I, I watch from the control room and matches that I watch out in the arena and that was definitely a moment that I watched out in the arena, and it was just wanted to feel the vibe. And look, people who were there, they bought it. They were into it. They loved it. You yeah, know, I remember um, you guys were able to find like a group of women that were just like, yeah, like, like they were the, the entire match. You could read it on their faces. <laughs> when when Mill was beating Sexy Star up, they're like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what's funny is is like that you know, um, you know, we we obviously we we have like different groups that come. We get a lot of non wrestling fans who come to to these tapings. These tapings have sort of taken on a life of their own, mm-hmm. and you know, it's become kind of an underground, fun, cool thing to do. I mean, the city of Los Angeles put us in their tourism commercial, so you know, it's I've like, never seen that. Yeah, I've yeah. never seen that. So, so there is this kind of you get this almost um, you know hipster, cool underground crowd that tries to show up and crash. They probably know nothing about wrestling. Um, that particular group was a bachelorette party who one of, one <laughs> of the one of the girls uh, was married to one of our cameramen, and they were in LA having a bachelorette party. And this took place Saturday afternoon. And they said, "Hey, can we get VIP?" And you know, we got them drunk and gave them beers and shots of tequila and all that stuff. And they they put them in the front row because hey, they were cute. They were a group of cute girls, and we're just like, "Hey, you drop them in." Who you know, it's sort of uh, uh, they would have had those seats whether it had been any other taping. <laughs> It just so happens that it lined up there, and the the camera woman who actually was in that section kept getting reactions from them. So it it was not some grand plan to try to you know uh, put uh, central casting actresses in the first row and you know <laughs> cut to them cheering on sexy star. Were those girls wrestling fans? No, but they were they were they were there because they wanted to. They heard it was a great taping, and they got tickets through a connection through one of the cameramen and then and they had a great time and and uh you know they bought it and they're not even wrestling fans so um yeah it was it was just one of the sort of strokes of luck that we had uh, well yeah i mean that, that, that was one of those things where like even if you don't know the story going in you can tell what the story is because you have the worldwide underground trying to take out sexy star the whole time like and yes. then you have her being left alone with this monster. <laughs> like, and like, then some skinny South African jumps off the rafters and, and takes out half the group. I mean, look, you don't have to be a wrestling fan to, 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 to love that story and to be sucked into that match. And, you know, that's, it's supposed to be fun, right? I mean, you know, I think a lot of people have sort of gone away from the fact, you know, everybody watches wrestling, you know, from such a critical point. You know, the idea is to kind of lose yourself in it, even if it's just for a moment, and to, to buy it and, and have a good time with it. Yeah, and I, I, uh, we get that in the temple. I mean, we get we get true believers. You know, that's yeah. what we call them, believers. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, there there are times where I'm watching Lucha, I'm doing my little live tweet. Like, I just have to, I, I just tweet. I'm like, listen, probably not going to be tweeting a lot because I'm just going to sit and watch. <laughs> <laughs> I like your tweets. I always, I always look for the hashtag MM tweets because – 
you always have funny things to say that, that make me laugh. So I'm always constantly on the lookout for the Mad Mike tweets. I, I was trying to find a gif last night um, when I was watching Lucha Underground of a, a scene in Ace Ventura when nature calls, when he has two darts in his arms and <laughs> and Jim Carrey's like flailing around and, he's mo- and his arms aren't working. I'm like, this is Pentagon Dark right now. <laughs> I would have popped for that. I didn't yeah. see it. Yeah, I know. I, I I couldn't find the gif. I couldn't find the gif. So I I grabbed <laughs> one from Futurama where be, where both of Bender's arms fall off. Right. Like, okay. That's, that's close that enough. It's close oh, good enough. enough. <laughs> yeah, would have, the other one would have been better. But all right, we'll give you that one. <laughs> but um, so why was the decision to only have sexy how for a week? Is it just because Johnny and the Worldwide Underground have been so it, over the top with everything? Well, the plan was always to to to, to uh, give it to Johnny. Um, you know, the worldwide underground. We didn't need fan reaction to know that they were going to be the the greatest heel faction uh, in wrestling in a long time. Like we were seeing it, um, you know, in the tapings. You know, uh, Jack and PJ and Taya, like they're just hilarious you know i mean i don't know like, like jack evans like, needs to be mic'd up for every match it's really funny you know, we talk about the matches that that i would leave the control room for and the ones that i i don't think there's been a jack evans match that i've watched from the control room um, because i just love the stuff he says and half of it never makes the show but to me it's so funny and he's you know in mexico he's a he's a technical he's a baby face you know they don't use him as a heel in mexico so he's had years of bottled up uh, uh, Rudo in him that just needs to get out. Well, I mean, and, they all kind of have, haven't they? I think so. Like, yeah. like Morrison in WWE was yeah. super babyface. Like, for like, unless That's, he was with the Miz and being a heel, like he was super babyface. And you can see why, because like the the belief is, is a guy with that face and that body and that you know the Mister Perfect like that. Like, you're never gonna boo. You, you know, you're never going to get girls to boo a guy like that. Of course, yeah. they're going to cheer for him. But, but actually, it's kind of the reverse. Like you hate him because he's so fucking perfect. You know, you <laughs> like, 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 and when he starts being cocky and he's, you know, doing his shtick and the boots and the hair and everything, it's just so cheesy and horrible that that he's a great, great heel. And um, as soon as we put those guys together and we started to see how they were working, like. You couldn't. It was just visceral. You just you, you hated these guys. Oh, so yeah. we knew we knew that 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 was going to get over, it. and and we knew that really Johnny should get the belt at some point. We thought this was a good good place to do it, but you know Johnny taking the belt away from Matanza wouldn't have made sense. Oh no, um, definitely not because he would have gotten cheered huge. For yeah, him. exactly, exactly. So we knew there was going to be a you know a transitional person, much like Phoenix was the transitional person. Uh, at the end of season, or was it the beginning of season? End of season one. Was yep. it the end of season one? Yeah. Um, and and so or two? Was it two? I don't no, remember. No, season one, and then and then. Oh no! No, he, no, he beat he beat uh, Mill at Aztec War yeah. or the week before Aztec Warfare in season two. Phoenix only had it for a week. Yeah. Um, people forget that, you know. And uh, um, so you know, look, not every champion has a long run. Um, that doesn't make him less of a champion. I mean, you know, I'm a fan of boxing and MMA. There's a lot of guys who go out on the first title defense, but they still had the strap. You know, they still had the championship. And, you know, people are going to question it and whatever. But, but you know, it was uh, at one point it was going to be a different way. But, uh, um, but that, that, that uh, you know, we had some injuries and things we had to work around, and there was a different story that was originally set up. And so th- we, we then switched it a couple weeks before to go this way. But it was never intended for long. It's not like I hate that people thought, "Oh, we got scared, and so we took it off for right away." That wasn't. Yeah, really I hate. can't believe people even thought that because I'm like, this has been the can for months. It was always, <laughs> it was always the plan, and so it was a, you know, we thought that Aztec Warfare would be a great finale if it went that way, but but the plan was always to put, you know, the championship with Johnny Mundo, um, because like he, you know, his little group, his little faction is. The hottest heels right now, and there's a lot that we can play off of that because we have so many, you know, uh, technicos that that can now challenge uh, the worldwide underground. Yeah, and plus so we going- have, and plus we could be leading toward the Taya Sexy Star feud. Which, yes, please. <laughs> there's there's a there's a lot of there's a lot of places to go with it, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, you know, Taya had some. Uh, there were some things with Taya uh, in this season that kind of took her out for a while. 
Um, but, uh, you know, we, we used her be as best we could uh, sporadically through the season. And, and uh, um, you know, we were big, we're all big Taya fans too. I mean, I saw Taya the same week the, in Mexico at uh, Triple Mania three years ago. And, and uh, as much as we all love Sexy Star, we love Taya too. It just took uh, a little longer to get her paperwork and everything cleared for her to work for us. And, and her matching her with Johnny was absolutely perfect. Absolutely perfect. Like yeah, that was that was the Johnny Mundo entrance. I lose my mind every time. Yeah, we were sort of like uh, we wanted to pick somebody who looked like the female version of Johnny, and uh, and when, you know originally she was intended to be something else, and then you know the more we thought about it, and Chris and I talked a lot about this one, um, we we ended up going with Taya because like you know you look at them, they look like. You know, a garbage can always finds its lid, as you say. You know, it's like, like they were the perfect Rudo combination. Uh, and what's ironic is they're like two of the nicest, most sweet people in our entire roster. You will not find two nicer peeper, people than uh, uh, Kira and uh, Johnny. They're they're just the nicest people, but they, they just get that heel thing going, and they're really good at it. Oh, yeah. Well, I saw Taya uh, when I saw you at New York Comic Con. She just seems like the greatest person. She's lovely. <laughs> She's absolutely. And Johnny couldn't be nicer. He's like the nicest guy on the planet. And, and so it always feels really strange to see them getting all this heat. I mean, they love it. It's great. And, it, you know, they, they play the part that, you know, that they're meant to play. But, you know, off camera, they, they, they are so nice. It's almost sickening. They're like the perfect, beautiful couple. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Uh, so. I've been dreading talking about this because ah. Sorg has haunted my nightmares with this for months. Um, we got the debut of the Rabbit Tribe. Oh, yeah. Weird, right? <laughs> um, yeah. Have you seen the pictures that Sorg has uh, messaged me? Because he got to see the Rabbit Tribe in person. Mm. And yeah, he, he did. That's yeah. right. I met him there. Yeah, uh, he began to Photoshop pictures of saltador that's the uh checkered one right mm -hmm. he began to photoshop pictures of saltador behind me in certain pictures <laughs> of mine. i have not seen this <laughs> oh yeah no uh, sorg has been taunting me with images of saltador and i finally got to see him and he is terrifying <laughs> he's hilarious like <laughs> that was another one that, that that took a little while you know and the, the beauty of having a an edit show and um uh, you know a post-production show you don't have to live, you know, if the Shockmaster comes out, you, you can reshoot it, you know, <laughs> and, and um, you can uh, put the Stormtrooper helmet back on. <laughs> and so, you know, we went through a couple versions of the Rabbit Tribe uh, until uh, we landed on this one. And I love this. This part of it is so good. I mean, it's, you know, I don't, I, you know, I'm a big Kubrick fan and, you know, the whole clock, the homage to Clockwork Orange uh, that's going on there. I'm sort of mixed with the Mad Hatter and whatever. I mean, yeah. like it's just it just clicks. And um, I'm not saying who the other two are, but it, it's great that uh, we find something. You know, they, they were they were uh, um, happy to have a new gimmick. You know, I think. <laughs> Was uh, it always Paul London in charge? Uh, always, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, well, I, I kind of figured he kind of fits the mold a little he's bit. He's sort of the, yeah, he was kind of like the focus of it. It was always about how do we bring Paul London in. In fact, you know, we tried at one time, we're attempting to bring him in at season two. But, I mean, Paul has been an agent um, since partway through season two. And, oh, you know, wow. Paul, okay. Paul, Paul speaks fluent Spanish and he can speak with the, the AAA guys. And he, you know, obviously can speak to the American wrestlers. And he's one of the guys like Vampiro and, and Chavo who um, understands how we want to hybrid uh, Lucha Libre with more, you know, uh, American style wrestling and, and where that line is. And Paul really got it quick and we really liked Paul. And look, if Paul had just wanted to be an agent and never get back in the ring again, we would have been happy working with him for years. I mean, Paul's awesome. He's hilarious. Yeah. Um, he fits, you know, in our company. And, um, you know, but I think that, that you know, his, his bump card wasn't completely punched out yet. <laughs> so, uh, you know, Chris and Chris and, and Matt came up with this, uh, you know, this little faction and the, the rabbit tribe. And we, we knew that there was this rabbit tribe that we had to build at some point, And we didn't know who we were going to build it around. And when Paul came in, uh, he seemed like the obvious choice. But we just didn't quite find the right weird gimmick. And once mm -hmm. we got into some really strange, 
drug-induced, uh, you know, go ask Alice kind of bizarre Jefferson Starship bullshit. Uh, <laughs> Paul was our guy, and, and so every the other pieces just kind of fit around him. But he he is the center of that, and uh, the Rabbit Tribe is is um, I think going to be a fun group that you will see plenty of in season three. Oh yeah, I'm sure it it, it definitely seemed like it. Uh, now now in season two, one of our I'd say favorite feuds that was kind of like under the radar was the Killshot Mario the Moth stuff. Yeah. And now we have Killshot and Dante. Yeah. That match from last week was amazing. (laughs) That's just the opener. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. It seemed like it. Like, it seemed like the opening salvo, as it were. Yeah. You you will be very happy with the way this season plays out. Um, Is it it going to be more insane than than the Weapons of Mass Destruction match? Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> Emphatically, yes. Like I won't, I, I won't ruin anything for you. But as awesome as that match was, and that match was fantastic. I mean, that was one of those that the high points of the season where you look back, and went, "Wow, that was crazy." I actually think that that uh, I, I, you know, I, look, I don't, I, I hate, uh, I hate promising stuff, you know, because you know, you find you, nobody's ever gonna, uh, no two wrestling fans are ever gonna agree on anything. Um, but but I think that style-wise, uh, uh, and, and I love Marty the Moth. He's one of my favorite people on the planet. The, the Killshot, there's something about um, the, the backstory between Killshot um, and Dante and, and the style that they both work in um, that really lends itself to a long, you know, a, a much more um, organic um, match between the two of them. I mean, they really... Learn. They really work off each other really well, and they they play off each other's strengths, and they they have that kind of athleticism. It's not big guy against smaller, you know, flippier dude. It's like two guys that are equal almost on every aspect. And and what you will see as the season progresses will blow people away. I really yeah. think it will blow people. Yeah, away. that first match almost seemed like two longtime tag team partners that are feuding. Yeah, like yeah. that's what it seemed like, and. We haven't even seen the backs. I'm assuming we're going to hear more of Dante's backstory and how he, yes. you know, was left for dead and survived and all that stuff. I won't ruin it. Oh, oh, I'm, I'm just hoping someone else <laughs> brought him back from the dead. Maybe I don't know that. But uh, so speaking of bringing back from the dead, I, I'm not sure if I want to jump to Katrina somehow knowing Jeremiah Weird. <laughs> because that was very intriguing. Or Vampiro being super Vampiro and bringing back Puma from the dead. <laughs> uh, you tell me. I mean, oh, they're, 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 they're both amazing. Like, I, this past week's episode, I loved that it was only one match, technically, because it was uh-huh. the gauntlet. But each segment was broken up by an amazing backstage skit. Yeah, and and uh, you're right. Yes, it it was it was uh, it definitely. Um, uh, we, sometimes we get lucky, you know. Um, originally, that was that that episode was supposed to just be wrestling, and um, uh, we, ha- you know, the, the the pace of the matches with Pentagon um, was a lot faster than we were expecting to happen. And, you know, when you, I know, and I'm probably blowing my Malo and my Bueno and my, uh, uh, my Cambio, <laughs> but, but, but I, looking back on it, I wish we'd given them more time for the matches, the, the, the three women, because, mm-hmm. um, when we got in the Anabay, it's the only show that we've done all season that came in short. You know, the first time we looked at it, we're like, Oh, uh, you know, and so there's like barely, I don't think that, I think those are probably the three most untouched, matches in the history of lucha underground i mean basically they ran start to finish um oh, wow and, and uh with very little editing um because they were a little we were a little under time for that episode and so we actually moved a couple vignettes that were going to be in the previous show and then in the the preceding show or, and then the then the next episode uh, we moved them into that and when we looked at it we we're like oh well i actually no, this is better <laughs> This is much better this way, um, you know, and that's kind of the the, the fun of post production is, is is sort of like uh, uh, making sure you know you have the chance to go in and make sure that the show builds appropriately mm-hmm. and that it has the right pace 
and that it has the right um, sort of you know uh, breaks in the action and, and the and the chance to storytell and then the chance to get back into the action and, and you know sometimes you're 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 lucky but but we actually could have given those uh, those three matches a couple minutes each um, you know tightened them up in post and made them uh, you know made every second of it you know usable. Um, but but they did such a good job that I can't complain. I mean, you know, they they took a, a twelve minute match and they were so the, they were so uh, uh, into it and, and the pace was so intense and so fast and so quick that they just finished sooner than we wanted them to. Um, yeah, I mean, I kind of liked it because the way I was looking at it, like I was looking at it as the Black Lotus Triad, like um, the first one was there to kind of you know like be recon for the rest of the Black Lotus tried to go against Pentagon. So naturally yes. that match was going to be a little bit shorter. Like I, mm-hmm. I did like how I thought Pentagon was going to break all of their arms. I you really thought did. he was going to run the, I, run the gauntlet. I, I thought he was going like, to run the, he was gonna run the ga- gambit and then Black Lotus herself was going to be the one to take him out. Like, like any good you know, villain, like let your henchman get knocked out and then <laughs> you sneak in for the win. Like... <laughs> But I, well, I mean, but how do you put anybody after EO? I mean, Jesus, you you know, it's sort of like <laughs> who wants to follow that, right? Yeah, <laughs> Angela, that was poor that Angela was... has been less active in the last four years. You know, she 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 she's uh, we didn't want to put her in a position where you know she was going to have to follow arguably the best female wrestler in the world. You know, and try and top you can't top that. Yeah. Um, and her uh, diving off Dario's office. Oh my God. That was awesome, yeah. <laughs> and and it wasn't just a it wasn't a drop off of Dario's office. She jumped up and then came down. Oh yeah, like, like that wasn't in Helco. Like, that wasn't in Helco. Like doing a diagonal. That was like, oh, we're going to jump up and come down. She was fearless. I mean, you know, uh, when Chris Calden told me about her when he saw her the first time, he's like, she's Japanese female Phoenix. She's like, she's exactly like Phoenix in a cute little Japanese version uh, <laughs> of Phoenix. And she is, she's, she, that's whose style I would say she is the clo- closest resembling is Phoenix. And she trained in, in uh, Mexico and she spoke Spanish when they were putting wow. that match together with Pentagon. Um, there was English, there was Japanese, there was Spanish, but, but Pentagon spoke to her almost primarily in Spanish and she was speaking back to him in Spanish. So, so she's done a lot of training, uh, Lucha training, and, uh, you know, they really put that match together um, in a very cool way, you know. And she'd never, that finisher she'd never done before. Certainly never done it with a man. So they, yeah. watching them practice that was terrifying because they, they were, they, uh, uh, it took them a few tries to get that right. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. That, that's, uh, she was like a Yoshi Tonic, right, basically, or like a Destroyer? It's, yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, um, the same one she used on him in Aztec Warfare. Um, and I don't think she'd done that before, so they 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 uh, had to practice it a few times. Well, it, it, it definitely exciting. looked like she had been doing it a while. <laughs> As a pro, she came through when the when the red light was on. She came through, mm-hmm. and I I love the the symmetry of Dragon Azteca coming out after Pentagon had been completely broken. and then picking the bones yeah like literally picking a different bone (laughs) and are we going to get more from dragon aseka and black lotus because that doesn't seem done that was one of the things about aztec warfare uh, ultimate lucha dos where we were all like really wanted to see that (laughs) well i'll say that uh well i i think that that uh uh, you're going to see more of uh, Azteca and Rey Mysterio are going to have their hands full for a while. Okay. I'll just say that the, the the last thing they need to be worried about right now is uh, is Black Lotus because they gotcha. have a much bigger, nastier, angrier person coming after them right now. And that, of course, would be Famous B, <laughs> Vinny Massaro. Yes. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, oh man. So. The Jeremiah and Katrina thing. Yeah. Uh, was that always in the cards when you were going to bring Jeremiah in, or did that happen because of Eva Lisa's inju- injury? Uh, no, that did, I think that was always in the cards. I mean, I think okay. that, uh, uh, um, you know, I didn't know much about Jeremiah uh, at all. Um, you know, uh, Chris 
uh, uh, Joseph said, hey, look, we, we got to take a look at this guy. I think he's special. I think there's something there, um, you know, and really went to bat for him and said, look, you know, there's something here and we just need to, you know, give him the opportunity to really shine and show what he can do. And um, he has a good, you know, obviously uh, his relationship with Katrina is a good entry point, you know, to, 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 for other people. And, uh, you know, he gets into the mix in a really um, terrifying way. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that, that's, a, that's ominous. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I don't want to, I'm certainly not, I really don't want to spoil anything for anybody, but, but he has a couple of matches coming up in the second half of, of season three um, that are, are just like out of control, like out of control. Like, I think that, uh, um, you know, the two, two of the bigger additions that we made in season three uh, were Jeremiah and Dante Fox or AR Fox. And um, like those two, I, I lost more sleep over those two than I think anybody else uh, on the roster. They just, they bring such an element of danger Mm-hmm. Um, that it is kind of terrifying, and and some of the stuff that they do, and some of the uh, uh, the, the risks that they take, you know, are, are 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 really scary. You know, and I'm constantly like, you know, and they they oh no big deal, this is easy. I do this on the indies all the time, but I'm you constantly have to pull them aside and say, hey, you don't have to take these risks here, okay? <laughs> you know, you're you're gonna you're gonna be booked the same regardless. You don't have to act like this. You don't have to. I have to do this crazy stuff. So, um, but those two really, um, I think they 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 are inspired by the uh, the opportunity to perform in front of our fans there. And you know, there's a, it's a competitive locker room. These guys are constantly trying to trying to you know it's a it's a high bar in there. And if you want to get you know if you want to wow the rest of the guys, you really have to bring it. Uh, and sometimes too much so. And uh, so you know we always you know, want to make sure that they're. Uh, taking care of themselves first, but right. you know these guys are ballsy. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. You can tell that there's, especially when there's multiple people in the ring at once. You can always tell there's a bit of one upsmanship going on. Yeah, yeah, and, and and you know, when you don't work people uh, every day, you know, you're not working them and touring them and doing whatever, and you say you have these two weekends to be ready to go. You know, these guys come in and they're ready. You know, and they're like, look. Uh, one hour is is not a lot of time, and uh, there's no matches that are ever used for filler. And so when when you say, "Look, you know, you're the first, second, or the third match of episode, whatever," they take that seriously, and they and they you know they don't hold anything back. They want, they don't know when they're going to get that spot again. Um, it's not a three hour show with lots of filler. So um, you know when when they get a chance to shine, they're gonna, these guys are going to take it. I mean, these guys are are hungry and they, they, they have a chip on their shoulder and they want to show the world that, um, you know, they're just as good as anybody in any, uh, any other federation. And, they, and, you know, it's that competitive spirit that I think um, the fans really pick up on. All right. Um, so I, I know we didn't do the Bueno, Malo, and Cambio yeah. for this week, but I kind of, I just saw this. I'm kind because I want to try and get a little bit out for the <laughs> upcoming stuff, but. Okay. If you had a bueno, a malo, and a cambio that you can tease for the rest of season three, like maybe uh, one thing that you think came out really well, one thing that maybe didn't come out so well, and one thing you might like to change. Uh, okay, I'll say the... Oh, man. <laughs> um, I had to try and get something out of you. Uh, no, I, and, and you know, these might be a little... Uh, Sort of cliche. The, the, you can be the, as vague as you want to. It's fine. We're uh, still gonna, say, we're still gonna analyze say, everything. So I would say the bueno for season three, and I'm gonna categorize it as the biggest surprise. Okay. And I, I'm gonna have to give it to to Dante. Okay. Um, he kind of snuck in and and blew everybody away. Season three. Uh, you haven't even seen barely the tip of the iceberg. Um, and that's not to say that everybody else doesn't do great and isn't amazing. And Ultima Lucha three is going to leave your jaw on the floor. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's like, it still gives me nightmares. And I saw it, you know, in June. Um, uh, but, but I think he steals the show a little bit. Um, wow. Okay. Uh, okay. And I will say uh, the Malo is uh, the U S immigration and customs. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, who are constantly causing Lucha Underground difficulties. 
Um, you know, we have a parent company who is uh, MGM Television, and, or and MGM, the M, you know, Metro Goldwyn Mayer, the parent company. They have a very strict uh, business and legal affairs department, and if we don't have everything buttoned up uh, from the immigration team uh, and the immigration department, you know, guys can't get into the country. And I think that was the biggest obstacle. Uh, in season three is nobody was allowed to show up on our set unless they had the perfect visa and the right visa. And, and, and when you're dealing with wrestlers and God bless wrestlers, I love them all, <laughs> but sometimes they're, they're less organized than people of other walks of life. No. <laughs> shocking. I know. <laughs> shocking. Uh, and so that re sometimes required some last minute uh, um, wiggling um, that, that, that sometimes you're like, oh, well, we survived it, but it could have been, eh, you know. what? And, and look, you probably as a fan will never see those seams. You'll never mm -hmm. really know where that happened. Um, but if I were just to overlook this, if I was to look back on season three and say, you know, what was our malo? I, I would say it's the customs, <laughs> uh, immigration and customs. Uh, and the combio, um, I would okay. If I were to change one thing, I would have had a longer shooting window because, um, you know, when we first did season one, we were doing one show a day, and then um, in season two, we're like, oh, let's see if we can do two shows a day, and then uh, season three, we said, hey, let's see if we can get five in one weekend. Okay, okay. that was our breaking point. Like that was when I said, okay, one too many injuries. Uh, the crowd started to die. It went from uh, seven or eight shows in a in a taping to eleven or twelve shows in a taping, and and it just um, I think it just it, it taxed our audience a little too much. It taxed our um, uh, our talent a little too much. You know, guys were having to go you know twice in a weekend, and that was pretty rare before. And there was even a couple of times where. Someone went like twice in a day, and that had never happened before. Okay. And I think we we learned our lesson that that was that was the you know you know obviously we we don't have as much money as as everybody seems to think we do, and <laughs> uh, um, um, we were trying to find ways to economize, and we we went up, we pushed it a little too far in season three, and for season four when we get the official pickup we will pull that back, and we will okay. we will never do more than two episodes in a day. So maybe season so that two would be is my like the sweet spot. Season two, season is two like was the, yeah. It, as far as the tapings, but then I would say season two was not the sweet spot in that the episode order was twenty six and not forty. And it's a lot easier to have forty episodes to play with uh, than twenty six. You, yep. you, it felt a little rushed in some spots, mm -hmm. uh, and I think 40, uh, 40 episodes, ten tape weekends. I think we're 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 zeroing in on what works for us, and I think that's where we're going to be in season four. Alrighty. Um, so talking about Lucha Underground as a whole is, I know you guys talked about it a little bit at New York Comic Con. Is there any further updates as to like maybe some house shows? Um, we're looking at some stuff in the spring. Okay. Um, we're we're talking to a uh, um, a tour promoter as well. Um, uh, there's really not much more since you know two months ago. Okay. But 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 the you know this little sort of mini thing that we did with cricket, you know, sort of gave everybody a good look at okay, well, you know, with very little promotion and very little uh, um, uh, notice, you know, we were able to bring in a pretty good audience, um, you know, for Saturday afternoon at the Tamale Festival in Escondido, <laughs> you know, we were able, to, you know, that was like we had a pretty low bar as far as like hey hey you know hey let's let's go see what we can what we can draw, you know, at noon on a Saturday um, in the middle of nowhere, you know, and we did well with it. I mean, mm -hmm. our, our, fa our fans are loyal and they come out and they show up and when given a chance, you know, they, they will show up, you know, Houston um, was a crazy full show. So I, th I think that, that at least made people feel comfortable that, yeah, um, you know, just because somebody isn't, doesn't have the LRA network <coughs> doesn't mean that they're not conscious of Lucha Underground. Oh yeah, definitely. And, and and I think that that was something that we had to kind of show uh, our our partners. Um, so uh, you know these, you know, I think that um, everybody is very slow slow in approaching um, uh, these bigger steps. Um, but but we're getting there. I think we're 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 starting to feel confident. And I think 
season four has really got to be a make or break for us. I mean, I think we, we really have to sort of step on the gas when it comes to touring and merchandise and, and uh, a second, you know, a second or a third way uh, of seeing the episodes. I mean, I, I think if you put it out there right now, the eyeballs are more important to us than the money. Mm-hmm. Um, if we can grow the eyeballs, the money will follow. Um, yeah, I mean, we, if, if you guys put it on a streaming service I don't have, I would absolutely get. It. Like, I know it's on Sling right now, but like, if you guys had like Hulu or Amazon or something like that, it would. I mean, our goal is to put it on a streaming service that everybody has. Yeah, so we're still working on that. <laughs> Excellent. Hashtag. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag Lich Underground Netflix. Yeah. What? I didn't. Say not, not, don't, I, say I, don't say it. I didn't say it. I didn't say. <laughs> That's not dead. Just yes. so you know. Okay. Excellent. Excellent. Right. Um. So I do have. I have three questions about the season to come and you okay. don't have to answer them. I mean the to... season that we shot or the no, season? no, the, the, the stuff that's coming up. Oh God. Because okay. there, there are three things in my know. brain that I'm so, <laughs> I, I, I need to know. Okay. Good things. Uh, what do you uh, got? Okay. Uh, I, how is one inhabited by a God? <laughs> I, I, you have to prepare your vessel. Oh man! Okay, <laughs> I don't even know what that means. I don't even know what that means. I mean, Cage <laughs> looks pretty prepared for anything. If I oh, had, yeah. if I had to make a bet, oh I god, there's, like some bat shit, there's some batshit crazy stuff coming up. Are we gonna uh, see like sacrificial with, lambs and everything like that? I'm not like, gonna I, tell you who. Uh, I'm not, I'm not, I, can't, I can't tell you that, but um, but but that whole storyline goes to some weird. Weird, violent, violent places. Does it have yeah. anything to do with that Cobra Temple that we still haven't seen yet? <laughs> oh, you'll uh, you'll see that soon enough. No, that doesn't. Okay. Um, but 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 there's some there's some there's some more murders uh, coming up ahead uh, on episodes to come. There'll Excellent. be plenty of graphic violence. Okay. Um. Good. Uh, so I will try and get a Lucha Underground Death Pool together. Oh, good. Um, what we will, you know what? Uh, before next week's mayhem show, I'm going to put <laughs> everyone on the roster of Lucha Underground. We are going to make a Deadpool, and everyone's going to vote as to who they think is going to die. <laughs> that would be a fun game, actually. That would be a fun <laughs> game. You got to put all the characters in it. I will put everyone in there. Wrestling from... and non-wrestling. Oh, oh, oh no! You didn't. Oh. Don't kill Melissa Santos. <laughs> Please don't kill Melissa Santos. <laughs> She's so Cage, nice. Cage would have a problem with that. <laughs> I would imagine so. <laughs> no, we can't kill Melissa. We love Melissa. And you know, Melissa, I'm going to give you an exclusive, Mad Mike. Okay. Uh, All right. uh, uh, you know, my other show is The Celebrity Apprentice. Mm-hmm. Okay. And this we've shot a, a season with Arnold Schwarzenegger as the new, uh, the new host. No, Arnold Schwarzenegger will not be running for president, so we won't have that to deal with. But is he the, is he the guy in the limo on Lucha Underground? Please, <laughs> <laughs> that would be. Will, I'm going to get him there to the temple. But 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 uh, 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 Melissa is part of the Celebrity Apprentice coming up. Oh, that's awesome! That's an exclusive. That's really awesome. I yes. I may have to watch she's, Celebrity Apprentice. She's not a contestant. But she okay. is a cast member. Okay. All right. That's awesome. All right. And that's an exclusive. That's a now, Mad Mike exclusive right now there. Now she's associated with two Terminators. <laughs> that's right. That's right. The real one and the 2015 ver- 16 version of uh, the Terminator. Yeah. She, but, but uh, um, yes, uh, you will see if you tune in, tune in. January second, and you will see uh, uh, to, to, on, on the new Celebrity Apprentice, and you will see Melissa Santos. Awesome, excellent! So, uh, Mayhem Show fans, fans of Melissa Santos, Celebrity Apprentice, definitely. Um, oh, what was the last thing I was going to ask about? Oh, is Daga dead? <laughs> we have not seen Daga for a long time, and I'm I, I'm starting to fear for his safety a little bit. Yeah, you and me both. Uh... Because it seems like Co- I, I'm just wondering if Cobra Moon s- succeeded in seducing him and then ate him whole like a boa constrictor. That's what I'm uh, picturing. Uh, and that 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 may be the case. We haven't shot that yet, but now that you've said <laughs> that, maybe that's a way to explain it. 
No, I don't know. We're, 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 we, we love Dog. A dog is cool. Um, when I was talking about my previous Malo, uh, he was one of the casualties of the previous Malo. Gotcha. Uh, okay. So, so we, we'd love to work it out. We're trying to work it out. Um, okay. But, yeah, we kind of semi-killed him, and maybe he has to come back in a different different form. Okay, so um, maybe it was like the Naga storyline subplanted with Drago a little bit? Uh, there was there was there was some uh there was there there was some last minute scramble on the Dogger character, but but we haven't given up I mean, yeah, I think we said that he was uh uh has suffered a consequence, but but in Lucha Underground, you know, shit, it, you never know what could happen. Okay. And and the final thing. Yeah. The guy in the limo that we've, yeah. been call, we've been calling Dr. Claw. Okay, I like that. Because <laughs> Inspector Gadget, it, yeah, it just course. seemed like it. Are we going to get to see him in Season 3, or is it going to be like one of those teases that will be in Season 4? <coughs> what would you guess? I would guess that you guys, and it doesn't matter what you guys do, because I'm still going to want to watch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping we see him like at the end of Ultima, Ultima Lucha Trace. That's what I'm hoping. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting <laughs> theory. Um, I, I mean, look, I can't, I, I obviously can't spoil well, it. Of course, uh, yeah. No, but I mean. But, but you know, we've always sort of, we embrace the long con, as they say. You know, okay. we, you know I'll, I'll, I'll just say that. He's not showing up next week. Well, yeah, no, I didn't think next week. But that doesn't mean his presence isn't felt and known. And this, you know, a part of the storyline. It just means the the actual person may not be established anytime soon. Okay. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Oh man, I'm just gonna be thinking about that then. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so before we wrap up here, who do you think so far in season three has been your MVP? Because uh, me, I, I, I like, I love Dario. Still, yeah. obviously, but I've loved the Matanza matches. I yeah. thought he had a lot of really fun matches against a lot of opponents I didn't expect. And I think that's uh, you know that's the 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 Dario's Dala Doom gimmick. You know, you don't have to build it up. You can just you can just roll the dice and throw anyone in there. And you know, oh, the the locker room is always uh, very tense when they're that dial's going around. You just never know who it's going to be. Do, do they know? <laughs> No, no, I mean, like, I mean, I'm sure they probably know, but like the person who's wrestling Matanza knows, but does the rest of the locker room know who it's going to be? Um, you know, look, they're, they're, well, I mean, yeah, of course. Okay. I was just making sure you never know. Cause I always want like when that wheel was spinning, I wanted there to just be like a huddle in the Lucha Underground locker room, whatever that was with everyone just watching, like. <laughs> just following the field going round and, and round. then everybody turns to the guy whose name turns over and gives him a big pep talk and a pat on the back and sends him out. <laughs> I, I don't know why. I think that would be so weird because the Lucha Underground locker room looks so filthy and disgusting. If you could see the real Lucha Underground locker room, you'd be so disappointed. It's just a big, it's a big like office room that we put sofas and chairs in and a big monitor and like that that the back office is so gross and like the production office is, that building is just so gross but we love it it's like it's home to us now uh, we had a homeless person living in a locked office that we didn't even know was there the entire first season and that's not <laughs> bullshit that's true uh, uh, <laughs> there was an office that 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 had said like storage on it you know and it had a padlock on it and and we, you know we just figured oh, okay it's the owner has got some homeless guy had made it his home and he would <laughs> sit in there uh he would sit in there on the weekends and i think he would just quietly sit in there while we were working then he would come out late at night and he would go to our craft service table or he would go use our bathrooms and we finally <laughs> figured out he was in there we went in there and it was like it was piles of uh our craft service wrappers and stuff like in the corner and, and none of us he'd been there the whole time we had no idea it was the weirdest one of the weirdest things that had ever happened. And um, now he's the man in the limousine. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and that man's name is Famous B. <laughs> Four, two, three. <laughs> fame. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, that's just a really weird building. And, and the whole thing is so strange and it's perfect. And we wouldn't want it any other way at this point. 
Alrighty. Uh, well, is there anything else that you want to mention about Lucha Underground before we wrap up? Um, nope. Just grateful that everybody uh, um, uh, enjoys the show and is patient with us, and that you know gives it a chance. And and the fans are are um, are, are fantastic, and we're really uh, uh, the, this back stretch of season three is batshit crazy. And buckle up; it's going to be a fun ride, and we'll probably. Uh, make you keep you very entertained and probably occasionally piss you off, um, but uh, give you a reason to tune in at least every week. And so, uh, and thank you, uh, uh, Mad Mike, and the rest of the uh, Midweek War. You guys uh, were one of the early ones who jumped on uh, the Lucha Underground uh, <laughs> hype train, and we all enjoyed uh, uh, the banter between you and your cohorts. And uh, we watched it and got a kick out of it, and appreciate the sport. <laughs> And it, please, anytime you want to come to LA when we're taping, you got to come on. You got to uh, come see it in person. Trust me, if if New York wasn't so far from LA, I was praying you guys were doing something during Comic Con. <laughs> yeah, when I, was, when I was out in San Diego, but I did get to meet uh, Pentagon. Well, you we'll get we'll get you there eventually, and uh, you know, get a, have uh, Sorg send you out. I mean, isn't there a work expense or something like that? No, no. Come on. no, we 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 don't make any money on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's a rip off. Come on. Yeah, but I, I that is my that is literally the only thing on my wrestling bucket list at this point is to get to the temple. You let us know, and you will be front and center, and uh, we'll, we'll let you sit on Melissa's lap. I do not want to die at the hand of Cage, so <laughs> I appreciate that offer. <laughs> All right, but you can any seat in the house is yours. Okay. All right. Excellent. I'll I'll say I'll say a vampire. <laughs> okay. Good. <laughs> but um. Oh, and I wanted to thank, I don't know if you guys had anything to do with it, but I was on the Lucha Underground Marathon. Cool. I that saw was that. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I unfortunately yeah. was working during it. but You didn't see it or a tape of it? You probably saw I, it. I, I got a screen cap of it. I haven't been able uh. to see the video of it, but yeah. I was no, like, you were good. All, look, and that was like all our fans. Like, I love those little, those little uh, interstitials. They, uh, uh, you know... They were they were some of the real fans of the show, and it was fun to, that they put those together. And the social media team and the team at El Rey, like you couldn't ask for a better network to work for. I mean, I tell you, I've worked for lots of networks. There's nobody like El Rey. They get so behind us, and their team is so supportive, and they're constantly uh, doing things to promote the show. I mean, we're putting on some sort of thing this Saturday at the uh, uh, Martial Arts Hall of Fame in the, uh, out in Burbank somewhere mm-hmm. this weekend. They're, they're, we're donating a a Pentagon dark uh, costume um, uh, to to exhibit in the the uh, martial arts martial arts Hall of Fame out in the <laughs> valley somewhere, and we're we're doing a panel and we're showing an episode and so anybody who sees this come out to uh, and I I sh- shit I fucked up I should have had uh, the information on this. In fact, if you um, now nah, I won't I won't wait while I try and dig it out. But uh, Google it. We we will be showing up at the martial arts Hall of Fame Saturday afternoon. And it's somewhere in the San Fernando Valley, uh, and uh, it's going to be good. We're going to have some uh, speakers and um, donate some stuff and screen an episode. So uh, any Lucha Underground fans should come check that out. All right. Excellent. Well, that sounds awesome. I, I love that there's a there's going to be a Pentagon. But that, that's, our, that's our El Rey family. They're, they're constantly finding stuff to promote the show and reasons to promote the show and things for the fans to come check out and be engaged in and and they're really just the greatest network. And if you don't get El Rey and you don't watch El Rey, then you know I feel sorry for you because it's one of the funnest uh, networks on television right now. Well, I mean, if they ever wanted to see how widespread their outreach was here, I know a lot of New York fans would love anything Lucha Underground related. We will be there. I yes. promise you, Mike. I, we will I can't there. wait. You'll be front row. Oh, yeah, because I had to sit through an entire um, <laughs> oh, yeah. Sailor Moon panel <laughs> Just to get second to row. You were lucky enough to sit through the Sailor Moon panel. No, I had I had <laughs> to sit through the whole thing just to get second row at the Lucha Underground panel. <laughs> that was my first Comic Con experience. That was it was out there. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was fun. Yeah, New York fans can be a little insane. It <laughs> was a great panel. We we had a great time. It was so fun. Absolutely, yeah, fans were great. Fans were great. Alrighty, and um, I, I'm gonna do rankings this week. I oh. haven't finished NXT yet. Haven't watched Impact yet. Lucha's number one. I'm just. I, I I'm, mean, I'm gonna take a guess, 
Good to take a guess, an educated guess. I've heard a few things that happened on Impact. I've heard, I saw most of NXT. Lucha's number one because it was awesome. It, it was, it was a lot of Pentagon wanna... Dark. I mean, yeah. I, I've, I've met the man. If I didn't get, if I didn't give him number one this week, he would find me and break my arm, even without arms. It's one of my favorite all-time episodes as well. And when you reached out to me to do this, I said, "Let's wait till that episode thirteen airs because that's the one I want to talk about." <laughs> it was such a fun one. There was so much fun backstory in that one, and when it came together, we, we were all just marking out like uh, uh, just just total wrestling geeks. It was so fun. And, uh, um, you know, yeah, it's the only show I watch, too. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rank it number one as well. Excellent. All right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so where can the good people find you on the Internet, Eric? Uh, I, I guess I, I don't tweet much, just so you know. And when I do, I get in trouble. So I try to keep my tweeting to a minimum. <laughs> but you can find me at Eric Van Wagenen, I suppose. And I promise I won't bother you too much. And you can also follow, of course, at Lucha El Rey. Lucha El Rey is a much better choice. Yes. Uh, or even El, even at El Rey Network. Yeah, at El yeah. Rey. And watch The Celebrity Apprentice, January 2nd on NBC, 8 o'clock. It's going to be awesome. Absolutely. And, of course, you can find me at MadMike483 on the Twitter machine. Uh, I live tweet Lucha Underground every single week with the hashtag that we spoke about, MM. So, uh, yeah, just follow us at Mayhem Show. Uh, hit us up on the Facebook page. If there's something you want to talk about with Lucha Underground, email us at goodtimes at wrestlingmayhemshow.com. And, um, yeah, so I guess that's it. So for everyone, thank you, Eric, for coming on this show, for, uh, for waiting for me to get out of my crazy toy schedule to talk about some awesome ninja skeletons breaking pretty ladies' arms. Happy to be on La Guerra de Mediados de Semana. Yes. And that is Spanish for the Mid Week War.